0: You know what? I got a lot to say right now. And when I heard this, it kind of touched me right in my heart. But enough of me talking. Shut up and listen. Let me get across to the youth. I spent 12 years trying to get a message to the youth, homie. This youth generation will not, cannot, and does not have a message. Their ears are closed to anything that they don't idolize. They don't listen to their parents. They don't listen to the teachers. They don't listen to the coaches. They only listen to what they idol. So this generation will not have a message. They will not have a messenger. They will be destroyed. That's why you see 10-year-old kids dying. That's why if you look at the death toll and you look at the youth murders, that's why you see old aint killing each other. Old people aren't dying of old age right now. They're living. We're at out- living our youth. We're going to spend the next 20 years watching young people die like we did in the 90s so we can purge and cleanse a new generation of people. We fed hate to this group of kids. This group don't know love. This group don't know loyalty. And you can't develop those concepts in such a time of turmoil or this bloodshed right now. I remember reading a story in the Bible about Jonah. Now, of course, everybody knows about Jonah and the whale. You know, Jonah was told to go to Nineveh to preach and tell God's message to them. Well, Jonah didn't want to go there. Jonah didn't want to go to the to Nineveh. Jonah hated the people of Nineveh. He, he wanted them destroyed. He wanted them dead. You know, he was a righteous Israelite, quote-unquote. He didn't want to deal with these heathens. So he's like, shh. Get Nineveh. Let them die. He wrote them off as dead. He wrote them literally off as dead. Literally. Well, God had other plans. God had other plans for Nineveh. He told them... um Um, he told him, look, I got a message for you for Nineveh. You don't want to go. Guess what? You're going. So, you know, Jonah said, okay, I'm going to give me a ticket, go to Spain. And, you know, Nineveh can go to hell. You know what I'm saying? But, um. You know, one thing about God is God has when God has a mission for somebody, uh, he gonna do whatever it takes to make sure that he gets that message across, and he'll use whoever he has to use to get that message across. So Jonah was like, "Oh, I'm going to Spain, and I'm just gonna sit back and watch God destroy Nineveh and go up in flames and watch all the people die, and I can smile and laugh." No, God wasn't playing that. God sent a storm, and the people on the boat were scared to death. They were like, oh, Lord, we're going to die. What are we going to do? Jonah just, just laid out asleep, comfortable, living in his own little world. And the people were like, hey, get up. You see this storm? We're about to die. Help us. Call on your God. Do something. Don't just lay there. And then Jonah realized and watched all these men on the boat just struggling and struggling and struggling, trying to get the boat to safety, trying to keep it from sinking. And he realized, then he just, it came to his mind, maybe this is my fault. And so they're like, hey, who are you? Who are you? And he then he told them, hey, I'm I'm, I'm a Hebrew from Israel. God told me to do something. And it's not something I wanted to do at the time, so... Here I am. And then he realized later on when he saw these men just struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling. He finally said, look, I know it's my fault that y'all sucks when I do this. I know it's my fault that y'all going through all this pain and turmoil. Just go, just throw me in the sea. Let me die and the storm would go away and they tried desperately to do anything but that, so they like called on their gods like oh lord they like please don't hold us accountable for this man's life so they threw him in the sea as he requested and for the next three days Jonah was in the belly of the fish he prayed to God God spat him out and guess where he spat him out to yep, the very place he didn't want to go spat him out in Nineveh he told him, go preach. So Jonah went and preached. He told him X amount of days and Nineveh was going to be overthrown. And guess what happened? The very people he wrote off as dead repented, changed their ways. They fasted. They prayed, asked God to forgive them. And guess what? God changed his mind and spared that group, spared that generation. Now, eventually, Nineveh was destroyed a couple generations later. But at least for that one moment in time, that one moment, God showed mercy. Now, the reason I bring that up is this. Now, there are a lot of things that I agree with Charleston White on, but this I don't agree on. Yes, we live in a we got a hard-headed generation. Yes, we got a generation that thinks they know every damn thing. We got a generation that don't listen to nothing or nobody unless they're popular. Unless they got likes and shares and hot on Instagram and hot on the YouTube and hot on the uh, Facebook and all that stuff. They don't listen to authority. They don't listen to parents. They don't listen to teachers. They don't listen to, to nobody. They think they know it all. But I got a question for you for you, Charleston, and for everybody that thinks like him. What if you were written off when you were in your lowest state? Because we were all there, I was there. Let me tell y'all something. Let me tell you something about writing people off. And you find out who your real friends are when you you know, everybody your friend when everything's going good. You know. The story about weather Friends is absolutely true everybody your friend as long as you paying for everything as long as you the one sponsored oh everybody down with you You, they buddy they pal you they best friend everybody love you everybody call you because guess what you the one sponsoring all the parties you the one sponsoring the good time they have but guess what what happened when all that money and all that good time stopped? who's gonna be there when the storms of life come and believe me if you live long enough the storms of life will come Nobody gets through life unscathed. Nobody. I don't care if you're the richest person on the planet Earth. I don't care if you pull where you sleeping in a cardboard box. Everybody has problems and everybody goes through situations. Everybody goes through something. You want to find out who your real friends are? You want to find out who's really down with you? You're not, not going to find out who's down with you because they say they down with you. You want to know how, they, how you know if they down with you? Get into a, a, a legal situation. Let lose your job. Let your your money stop coming. Get into a medical situation where the doctor tell you, you got cancer. Let something like that happen. You'll find out real quick who your friends are. You'll find out real quick who you can up a phone and call and talk to you. You'll find out real quick who's going to come and stand by your side. And believe me, I know that the hard way. When I got locked up in 2003, I had one set of visitors from the church. I sub- these were people that were supposed to love me, people that were Christian people. I had one visit. You know how many visits I've had since from the time from that time to the time I got locked up outside of attorneys. I had one visit outside of that, and it was from another inmate that was free. Nobody from my church came to see me. Nobody from my family came to see me. Even when I was dying on a, in a hospital, the only people that came to see me was the nurses, the warden, the chaplain, his wife, the, 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 uh, the warden's wife. It's a hard thing to understand that. It's a hard thing to think about. You know, and I can forgive, and I have forgiven. And I have no problems forgiving anybody who disrespected me, talk talked down on me, talked bad about me. Because I'm pretty sure they did. I was the talk of the town. You know, and I'm pretty sure everybody was making a joke of me and laughing at me and saying oh he got what he deserved. Let him suffer You know, and I'm pretty sure everybody was sitting back and laughing and uh, uh saying oh you know, I was the joke of the town. I was the curse of the town. You know? And I I mean, you know, hey. And I was in, in, in many ways, I put myself in that situation. Being with those type of people. And I learned later on after the fact, after everything was said and done, they, I shouldn't have been around those type of people in the first place. They were no good for me. I learned it after the fact, though. But I learned. I learned real quick. This is what it was. And it's easy to write somebody off. When you don't have to deal with them. It's easy to write somebody off when they become too much for you to deal with. You know, it's easy to write them off when you're when you don't have the time to to help them, but you got time to talk about them. You know what I'm saying? And we've written off a whole generation and left them to the wolves to die. That's not love. There's no love in that. So I ask people like, so I ask Charleston White, and I ask people like Charleston White, what if they wrote you off when you were in, in the mud? Where would you be today? Think about that for a minute. What if God's grace just dried up for you? Where would you be at? I don't even want to imagine it. I don't even want to think about it. It scares me to even consider it. Because I understand that God's grace and mercy have a cost attached to it. It costs the blood of his son. And so I make it a point not to take that mercy or grace for granted. I make it a point to understand that God paid a hell of a price for my freedom, for my salvation, for my life. And on that note, what I need to do is to be an example of that grace and mercy to other people and to let them know that, hey, it don't matter how deep in the mud you are, you can be rescued. You can be saved. You can be delivered. I don't care if you're so far gone that everybody just wrote you off as dead. And, and here's another thing to think about. And I wanna, I'm going I'm to shut it down with this thought. And I want you to think about this. How many of us would be locked up with a life sentence? How many of us would be on death row today for things that we know that we did wrong? For dirt that we know that we did? How many of us would be in the grave right now How many of us would be crippled? Never able to walk. Never able to talk. Never able to function again. And why are we still standing today? Why are we still able to live today? Why are we still able to function today? I'll tell you why. Mama's in the room praying for you. Grandmama's in the room praying. Praying for you. Aunties in the room. Praying for you. All hours of the night. All hours of the morning. On her knees. Lord, please save my son. Lord, please save my daughter. Please save my husband. Please save my wife. Please save my grandchild. Please save my nephew, my niece. Please save my friend. I know he's doing bad. I know he's doing bad. Please. Please. Don't let him die. Don't let him go to hell. Lord, do what you got to do, but please save his life. As I'm sitting here talking to you today. I know that I should be dead in the grave. And I deserve it. Yeah, I do. I think of all the things I've done wrong. I think about all the people I've done dirty. I think about all the things I've done to myself that I shouldn't have. And yeah, if God made a decision that day on, on January 9, 2012 to take my life, I wouldn't blame God because I deserved everything I got. But the only reason why I'm sitting here today talking to you about it is because people prayed for me. Prayer changed were created for me. ex-prisoner, a convict. people were praying for me in churches, not just in the area I was living, in, but all over the world. people were fasting and praying for me. My family was praying for me. People were prisoners were praying for me. Because they saw something in me that at the point to even to this day, I I didn't even see in myself. So I can't write nobody off. I'm not in a position to write anybody off. As a matter of fact, what I need to do, what I should do is do the very thing that saved my life. The very thing that drew me to the cross. The very thing that drove me to the feet of Jesus. And that's to intercede. And that's to pray. Because I can guarantee you right now. Even as I'm talking to you right now. There are some people that the devil wants. And wants badly. Because let's face it. He don't want to go to hell by himself. He knows that's his destiny. His destiny is the lake of fire. He knows that. That's not a mystery to the devil. He knows it. He knows it full well. So he's trying to drag as many souls down to hell as he can so that he don't suffer by himself. And would you blame him? If I knew my destiny was eternal fire and separation from the holy God that created me, wouldn't you be scared too? Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. So wouldn't it be to my advantage not to be to be down there by myself, but to drag as many people in there as possible? And trust me, the Bible talks about this that hell is enlarging itself every day. But here's the here's the crazy part: hell was never meant for mankind. If you read Matthew chapter twenty-five, it says that it, that eternal fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never created for men, never. God never intended for the hellfire to be for for, for men. So who am I, to, I? I mean, I know how this generation is. This generation thinks they know it all. They think they know everything. They're too smart for their own good. They got too much technology, too much this, too much that, and they think they know it all. Well, didn't we all At 17, 18, 19 years old, we thought we knew it all too Till life showed us differently. And life said, hey, maybe you don't know everything you think you know. You learned the hard way. Hey, you don't know it all. God speaks through his word. That's the main way he speaks. But God sometimes speaks through circumstances too. Sometimes... Trials and tribulations are a way of God speaking to us. Tribulation is a way that God speaks to us. Pain and suffering is a way that God speaks to us. It it helps us to understand that there are some situations that you can't think your way out of. There are some situations you can't Google your way out of. There are some situations that the only way you're going to get out of it is through him. And then when you realize that you can't call your friends to help you, they ain't going to be able to help you. You can't call your mama. She can't help you no matter what she do. You can't call your daddy. You can't call your girlfriend. You can't call your wife. You can't call your husband. The only one that's going to help you through it and get you out of it is God himself. So I can't write nobody off. Yeah, this generation's dealing with a whole lot. A whole bunch. Single parent households. Racism in the schools. Racism in the streets. Police brutality. Crack and cocaine. Hair run. All kind of drugs. Alcohol. Gun violence. Gangs. Teen pregnancy. The LGBTQIA movement. So much is going on in this generation. It's so much, and it's easy to say, let me wash my hands of this and just leave it alone. But again, what if you were written off? Where would you be at today? Instead of writing this generation off and leaving them to the wolves to eat, because believe me, the wolves are waiting for you to do it. What you should be doing is interceding and praying for those people. What you should be doing is getting on your knees and asking God to save your grandchildren, to save your children, to save your nieces and nephews, to save your friends, to save your community, to save your neighborhood, because I don't care who they put in the White House. I don't care who they put in the governor's mansion. I don't care who they put in the mayor's office. I don't care who your sheriffs are, who your district attorneys are, who your city councilmen are, who's over your school board. Ain't none of them going to do what God can do and I'm a living breathing testimony of what God can do he saved my life so I can't write nobody off Mm -hmm. remember where God brought you from think about it think about the depths he had to stoop to to get you out of the mud to clean you up to fix you to put you in a position where you are today. Who are you to write anybody off? Where would you be if the world wrote you off? Let that thought sink in your mind. And instead of writing this generation off, let's intercede for this generation. Because I don't believe it's too late. And I know for God, it's not too late. He's waiting on us to speak life to this generation. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak life to this generation. Yes, it may take them to go through some hard times. It took it for me. I went through homelessness. I went through loss of family members. I went through loss of my freedom. I went through all the humiliations of all of that. But I also know about the goodness and the love of God. And for some people, that might be the only way they're going to experience it. But they'll never get there if you don't intercede for them. There's some of you right now that got children right now that are roaming the streets. They've rebelled against you. You tried to raise them in the church and they just rebelled. You got family members that are doing the same thing. They hooked on alcohol, hooked on drugs, hooked on sex, hooked on clubbing and all this other stuff. You got family members out there that are stuck in gangs, stuck in the LGBTQIA movement. You got husbands that are addicted to gambling, addicted to alcohol, addicted to pornography. You got wives that are cheating on their husbands. You got two choices. You can leave them to the devil or you can lead them to God. The smart money is to lead them to God, because God's got a much better plan, game plan for them than the devil does. I promise you. As I close, I say, let's let's not write them off. Remember where you come from. Remember the deaths from where you were. And let's intercede and pray. The Bible says, "Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our infirmities, for we know not what to pray for." Put the spirit in the for us with groanings that words cannot express sometimes the greatest prayer is tears, sometimes the greatest prayer is silence but just pray Big Mel who is Rugrat? I'm out